We should just roll this like right now. I, I think so. I don't even think we need a, a solid in. No, I don't think so. So I, this would be the official start of our podcast then. I think it is the official start of our podcast. Yeah, I like that. I do. We don't have a name for our podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure it's necessary, but I think we're pretty good at naming things. Naming things work. We could, you know. Well, it should have like virtual reality in it. Mm-hmm. Augmented reality in it. Comedy. Maybe. See, I'm not sure. We, I, I'm not sure we go down the comedy path, but I'm open to it. I'm very open to it. Well, here we, we are. Let, let, we're just just to do the setup. We are sitting at our desk in the office. Yeah, where where are our offices? Is that important? We want people coming down here. It's like a time moment stamp. We need a moment well, New stamp. New York, this. the heart of New York, Broadway and House. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. works. Yeah. We don't want anyone knocking on our door. Right. You know, like. Unless they have jobs for us. <laughs> right. This is our attempt at the comedy portion. <laughs> yeah. It's not going well already. So. Well, we do need a name. Maybe, you know, something with virtual reality augmented reality. Okay. I'm, I'm putting but, uh, that on the list. One the name. On the to-do list. Oh, we should introduce ourselves, too. Okay. I am Marco Ricci. Mm-hmm. I am Michael Hoidich. And we are part of Edge DNA. Edge DNA, this correct. The official launch of the podcast, even though we have yet to. I wonder if we can hear anything with all this nonsense going on. That would be interesting to know. Okay, let's pause for a second. But uh, great opening. All right, let's go. Oh, well, we can cut that other stuff out, right? <laughs> Begin. All right, let's start here. Right, let's start here. Take three. All right, well, we got the office to quiet down a little bit. Yeah. Because what we're doing is very important. And it nobody is. else should do any other work. Yeah, I, th- I think for us, if we're, we're going to kick into the serious part to start, is um, that we, we want to explore what's happening in the virtual reality world. And that there's a lot that's encompassed in that statement. Um, and we want to review it and talk about it and see what learning we can come upon from those discussions. and kind of share some of our knowledge as well. And what I was thinking about was I wanted, for people who are listening, mm-hmm. since we've been doing a lot of this, I mm-hmm. want to make sure that each podcast has a, a specific, tangible, experience-based takeaway. Right. Right? Right. So not too lofty, but more practical, like don't right. leave your camera unattended and get it knocked over or something like that. Mm. But mm. we'll see what, the, we'll, what that is. But I think that's, if you're going to tune in every week to this, mm-hmm. I think you're going to get a discussion of what Mike says with some a discussion of sort of more of our, our practical, hands-on experience doing VR. Right. In a, in a real way of trying to tell stories in this and, and not thinking, mixing the, the future with the present. Right. So, that being said, yeah. I know I had a topic that I had mentioned maybe for the first podcast. Yep. If you want to do it, I have it in my hand here. I'm, I'm, eager, I'm eager to hear about it. This, I, in my hand, I'm holding a, a cardboard box a Google Cardboard, we'll skip to the chase, yep. that says New York Times on it. Yep. Which I, th- came, I, think it's, I think it's important. I think it was an, a, a big milestone. So let me describe the experience of me getting this. Sure. Because I'm a New York Times sure. subscriber. However, so came. would you agree that it was a big milestone or? Well, I want to get to that. Okay. Because I'm, I'm going to start. I do think it's a I'm big milestone. I'm going to take my position. That it's it a, big, a milestone. big milestone. Yes, it's a very big, big milestone. milestone At the very least, just because people are talking about it. Right. Hey, well, we could can you go see what, into the reason why it's a big milestone? But let's let's. Right. So I, so this comes in the mail in already assembled. Because we have been looking at other Google cardboards, I get to totally put assembled. Right. But and, and, my, and it's it's well done. It's well done. It's, it looks nice. It doesn't look. It's cardboard, but it doesn't look cheap. Yep. You know, it's it's the instructions are really easy to to follow. It's not like Mike like nineteen. 
99 Microsoft packaging either with like, it's no. stark clean. No, it's stark clean, yes. Yep. And the thing about the instructions, which I'll cut to the chase, is my daughter opened it up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did I tell you this story? Mm, I think so. So she opened it up and she's like, oh cool, look, a viewfinder. Mm. And she was walking around the house. Mm -hmm. And like then before you know it, I was like, you're supposed to put your phone in that. She's like, oh, let me get mommy's phone and put this in there. She's six. Right. And then she has the phone in there and she's like looking at, she hasn't launched any VR apps, but she's looking at like photos. And she's like, this is awesome. This is awesome. So okay. then yeah. the second part of that is we go to the soccer game right. that Sunday to the okay. park. And my wife and like some older people, she had, daughter had brought us, take it there. And they're like, how the hell do you work this thing? Right. Right. So my daughter, who's six, intuitively figured out how to work this. Okay, that's that's that, which I thought was a big thing, because that shows. Because my feeling is like I might be too old to really ever get the full, brought up with VR experience, right? Mm. But kids are gonna are immediately gravitating towards it. Yeah, yeah, that is an interesting concept too, right? It's the the generation that was brought up with mobile phones will be the next generation that were brought up with an understanding virtual reality, even right. in its infancy. So we probably, probably one more generation, maybe, maybe it's our-, our Yeah, like, and I find that like, and do you find that like when we're trying to, because well, we do a lot of production here in mm -hmm. the office of virtual reality films. Yeah. When we're trying to watch cuts of the film, mm -hmm. there's only like so much I can take mm. because I'm not used to it or I don't know what, but is, is, do, do I have a lower tolerance than somebody who's a 17 year old gamer would be to I, be in a VR headset? I don't think so. I think that there's, um, the technology can, has to continue to develop, um, you know, in these cases, and, and this is, I think, the path that you're, you're going down with the cardboard, you're, you're placing a cell phone, a, a mobile phone, like three inches away from your, your eyeballs. Right. And it's not, it's not what it was designed for. Right. Um, and we're basically retrofitting all of this different technology into a makeshift virtual reality right. experience. But, you know, fast forward 12 months, 24 months, you know, we'll have low-end virtual reality experiences that are, are, are designed from the ground up to be a, you know, immersive experience. Right. And then we'll have the high end, of course, which is gonna continue to progress, your, your Oculus, your Vive, um, your Sony PlayStation, um, Morpheus, that are the kind of high-end experiences. So, yeah, the, the cardboard is really this coming together of these different techs that weren't yeah, really designed yeah. to. And which I sort of want to say we're in like the dinosaur age, but that's not mm. fair to the people who did VR in the early 90s because mm. there are a lot of people who, who did it then and that was really the beginning. But the thing I wanted to say and I, I, about the, um, where we are is like when we do shoots, mm -hmm. I think one thing that I like always remind myself on a shoot is we are using stuff that was not meant to be doing VR. Right. to do this stuff. Right. So don't, just remember, it is new tech. You're not supposed to be using phone chargers mm -hmm. to power six GoPros <laughs> in the field for eight hours, you know what I mean? So right. when something goes wrong, like, because it's very frustrating as a filmmaker who comes out of 2D yep. to be there, but you have to remember, like, this is new tech. Like, it wasn't meant to be designed like that. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. And by the way, my little nugget will be that the using the USB bricks to mm -hmm. charge the phones when we went to Serbia yep. that you brought for us was very, very helpful. That's good. Like, and we used, and I think this is another practical takeaway, is that we used, we had two Freedom 360 rigs, right. which we would shoot with one, and then we'd charge it on those portable batteries, and then we, as that was charging, we'd shoot with the other one. And then we'd swap them in and out. So we always had a camera that was like up and ready to go. 
So, so I'm not sure we finished our discussion on the New York Times cardboard, no, but I think, I think maybe we can even pause on that, quickly introduce ourselves. Oh, yeah. Again, um, your name? And this is Marco Ricci. And this is Michael Hoidich. From the Unnamed Podcast. Unnamed Podcast in New York City. Edge DNA is the company we represent. So, so let's dive into, so, so one of the things that we've been doing recently as a firm is we have um, been contracted to do virtual reality, 360 video shoots. Um, one of the most recent was around the Syrian migrants um, where you and a couple of folks from our firm flew to Serbia. So, so why don't you talk us through a bit of the assignment and let's talk about some practical, tactical things about your experience yeah. that could be shared. So in, in a nutshell, the assignment was that we were going to do a three-minute piece for the Red Cross mm -hmm. that showed the efforts they were doing uh, to help the refugee, to aid in the refugee crisis. Yep. And tied into that and important to that was that they were going to use it to show people firsthand in a very visceral experience where their money and their donations, how they were being spent and obviously, you know, ultimately they'll say that like, we spend your money on this, you should give us more money. Right. So it wasn't a big play for money, but it was just, it's more of like, hey, this is what the money that you send to the Red Cross, this is what it does to do. And their idea was that they would show this to people so that they would be put in the place to see it. Yeah, and what was important to them? What were some of the high level um, items that were important in terms of creating this experience? Well, I think the two most important things were they wanted to show the scope and the size of the problem, and also to, yeah. and, and to make it personal, too. Yeah. Because if you put faces to, the numbers sometimes become meaningless, but when you see faces in VR, it becomes important, yeah. and it becomes personal, and you can relate to that kid or that family that's in the shot. Yeah. And then the second thing they wanted to do, which was actually important to keep in mind, was they wanted to show how the Red Cross assisted them. Yeah. Because as a filmmaker, when you're there, you want to shoot all the refugees, right? You want to shoot all that stuff, and sometimes I had to remember, like, we also have to put the Red Cross in here in a way that they, you know, thankful, um, I give them credit for, they didn't want to be too in your face about it. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to have 10 Red Cross shots, they just wanted to show handouts of food or people eating the food that they had gotten. So in the show notes, we'll have links to the Red Cross um, experience that we created so folks can see um, exactly what we're talking about in terms of the experience that we created. Um, so talk to me about the process that you went through um, along with, with the Red Cross and, and some of the experiences you had. Talk, you know, pretty high level, but <coughs> the, the, the start process, um, the discovery to some of the tactical things that we did from a camera selection and packing and Yeah, there's a lot. And international, there's you a know, bunch of things there. One thing I want to maybe dedicate a future podcast to mm -hmm. is the idea of what's a good VR story. Mm -hmm. Because the first thing we do, and what I've been sort of grappling with with a lot of the different projects we have, and you can see, is like, how do you make a story that works in VR? Mm -hmm. And not just where you put the camera, but what do you have to show? Mm -hmm. and, that was, and that was something that we've worked with on, this, on the Serbia one, and, and, it was, and that was our first immediate thing. Is like, so we wrote a script, because I always feel like you've got to have a script before you go somewhere, so you're not just shooting wild. Yep. Because it's easy to shoot bad VR, right? Yeah. You're shooting like big spaces and thinking just the experience of being there is going to do the job. Right. And that might be for the first shot of it, but after that you have to keep varying it and you have to keep mi mixing it up. Yep. So we, made, we wrote a script, the idea was like, hey, we'll, we'll follow, we'll, we wanted to set up, what I like to do is I like to say, if it's three minutes, we're going to get about 10 shots in. 
-hmm. what should each shot accomplish? So we had something like the size of the crisis. Then we had the lack of the basic necessities, food, water, shelter. Then we had personalized the, the conflict. Then we had personalized the Red Cross interaction because a lot of the stuff they do is individual stuff. Mm -hmm. Then we had show the size of the Red Cross, the scale at which they're doing it. They're not just a drop in the bucket. They're, so we had 10 or so pictures and photos and shots we wanted to do that each had a specific point. Yep. And then of course you go there and it totally doesn't work. <laughs> But we eventually but the found the framework them. is right. important. But the, the framework, framework was, very important. was important, and then we used the because frame I think that that when you watch the film, the the experience that you see some of that framework in there. Yeah, like I if think you, if you map map back to some of those things. Absolutely, and I think when we went back to editing, I went back to the script because after that, you're like, whoa, we've just been here for four days. So we shot for four days, which I think is also important. Right. And our process of shooting, which maybe we could get into in detail on another episode, is. We shot 12 hours, so we go, we shoot, I told you a little bit about the cameras, we shoot a bunch of different shots at one location, we try to go to many different locations in a day. Mm -hmm. And then we always take a break for three or four hours in the middle of the day just to deal with that gear, downloading the footage, stitching it together to see yep. if it looks good. Yep. So, so before we go too far down that path, um, you've written the script and now um, the, the plane tip tickets have been purchased. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what were you packing, like what was the process of just even Thinking through the gear Even that you getting needed. the gear together, that would be yeah. an interesting thing. We should put our gear list online. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of stuff because you because here's the the problem with this is we were going to Serbia to you know, the capital of Serbia is Belgrade. We were going to six hours from Belgrade. Mm -hmm. You can't get an extra GoPro or a battery, you know. So there was a very extensive list of gear we purchased, converters, you know, European power, batteries. So, and, mm -hmm. you know, I've been very frustrated with the batteries on the past shoots. Mm -hmm. So we got them all and we got them in triplicate. Because right. I so want So you're saying batteries is a big part of, when you're shooting with the GoPros, today's, today's tech, yeah. you're shooting with GoPros, batteries is one of yeah, the biggest challenges. Yeah, because your GoPro, if you, sh that camera will run out in an hour. Hour. Okay. An hour, an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And your cars will run out pr quickly too. And, and are you rotating? the batteries like runs out in an hour and then you're just dropping it right back on the charger like yes less. okay yes yeah. well with that freedom 360 rig specifically you can't swap out the batteries mm. so you have to charge the whole unit six individual gopros run into a portable charger mm -hmm. so we had a portable battery like people have them for your iphones you know yeah 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 so that was a lot of gear as stress which i wonder which i won't go into yeah. but and, and just we even had some things around moving that gear Overseas, different countries. Yeah. yeah, and there were certain certain uh, permits and permissions you needed, correct? Prior yeah. To, yeah. To I mean, that's the process of discovery too. You talk about this is like, and I talked about it. This like, eventually we'll have our gear kit that we know works and we yeah. can trust, but we don't have that yet, so it's yeah. stressful. Yeah. So I, th I think that's going to be like that for a while because there's a lot of new gear coming out. Um, but before we go down that path, um, so you've gather all, all the gear, it's, you're now in Serbia. So what's the first shot you do? How do you get started? That's a good question, right? So we, had, we, we mapped out, and this is important, we mapped out our trip and where we we're gonna go based upon two concepts. One, we wanted to capture the whole journey mm -hmm. from entering Serbia to checking in, to getting your food to the end, to leaving and then getting on the bus, all that sort of stuff. So we wanted to make sure we got each portion of that journey. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing about that we did was, 
I'm losing my train of thought here because I wrote a note about a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> but and so you're talking about how do we do the first shot? So we mapped it out, and then we also said like, so we arranged our schedule that way, and we went. And the other thing I feel like is, you know, we're in a crisis situation with a lot of people who might not be comfortable being filmed, right? Yep. So the first thing I do is I try to just tell them what we're doing, say hello to people, make ourselves like them comfortable with us. And just let them understand that that's what we're doing. So the first shot we did was the shot that we went and were most impressed with, like in this space. Like, wow, that's amazing. So was was the buses shot, like, which I don't think is in this cut, but was well, the, it might be was some of the first right. areas of shooting, correct? So let's take that one just as specifically. So we went to the border of Serbia, Macedonia. They mm -hmm. set up an intake center, mm -hmm. right? And in this intake center. What I, they fingerprint everybody, they give them food, and then people, once they're recorded by the authorities, then can get on a bus, you know, your regular tour buses that take them to the next destination, which in this case was Croatia. Mm -hmm. So when we went in there, you know, the way I look at the thing is the first thing I look at is like, how many spaces do we have here? Because mm -hmm. I feel like in, in VR, if you put the camera down in the space, like if we put the camera in this office, mm -hmm. and we took a shot, mm -hmm. and we put it in experience, we're not gonna, once you're in the office, you get one shot. Mm. Right, and then it's sort of like I'm seeing the same shot of the office from a different angle. It's like why some of the concert footage we saw I thought was a little bit, sometimes, a little bit boring. Yep. So it's like so the thought is how many spaces do we have here? So we said, oh, there's the line where thousands of people are lining up. Right. There's the intake center where they get their fingerprints. There's where they get their bread and eat their meals, and then there's where they take the buses. So we sort of said there's four spots that we want to sort of figure out what's four spots will look best. Yeah, I, I think that's super interesting way to think about that, right? As you're telling yeah. the story, here's one, exp one area where you're trying to, which is part of the, the overall story, but there's a lot of different things that are happening. And especially what you've talked about in terms of our ability to zoom and some of the, again, right. um, limitations of the early technology, even though something might be happening somewhere else, um, you can't really capture that moment. Right. Right. So there needs to be four different locations within that one storytelling component. A component, right. And yeah. it's sort of, you know, and it proved it out at the end of the day is once you shoot those four things, that's it. Because right. there was a couple shots, if you look at the video where you see the family eating, mm -hmm. their bread is after mm -hmm. the bread shot. Yep. And there were five or six great shots of families in that area eating. Yeah. And I tried to put them back to back, but when you put them back to back, you're like, I'm sort of a little bored. Because let's face it, like in this tempo and pacing still applies to VR. Yep. And you were like, wow, this is a great shot, but I'm still a little bored. The only part where I felt like that sort of, and again, watch the video in the link, that sort of wasn't the case was when we get to the Croatian border on the last day of shooting, mm -hmm. we walk up and we see thousands of people who had been living in a field yeah. for so many days. And that actually, if you divided the spaces up, which I still tried to shoot, I was like, you got the border where they're all congregated in a big crowd. Mm -hmm. Then you have the tents where they're living. You have the fields where they camp their stuff. You have where they're getting their food. Mm -hmm. But as a VR360 shot, I think you'll, you've seen it a bunch. That border stuff where you see all the people packed in there yeah. is so a perfect use of the medium and looking around 360 and seeing right. so much that every time I look at it, I see different people right. in there. Yeah, we've, talked about, yeah. we've talked about that a bunch, right? So as you look down to your right, there's so much activity with all those different folks you can see many tiny stories within right. each right. each like view uh, as you're able to kind of explore that. Yeah, it's, it's actually really amazing. I'm like, just today I was looking at it for how many times, but I was like, wow, that mom has a kid in, her, in the dad's coat and he has no clothes, coat on. 
Yeah. You know, it was just really intense. So when you have something like that, you just got to let it be and don't mess it up, right? Yep. yep. So that was, so that was the, you know, if, to get back to the questions, like what's the first shot? How do we pick what we're shooting? That's sort of how we approached it. Mm -hmm. And you know, one thing I would have liked to, if I had, somebody said you have more days to shoot, I would have liked to have been in more different places, right? I wouldn't like to have more time in each place. I would have liked to have been to more places, yeah. like a camp at night or on the bus with them. So, so one more we'll talk about around shooting and then we'll move on to the next topic is, um, you, you talked about doing specific interviews with individuals and we had a, we've had a lot of discussions internally around uh, within the office around how, you know, in, in the, the experience film, um, we still need to get our terminology <laughs> down, we'll need a key, later. excuse me, um, is the, we have some interviews, but you sometimes don't see the individual who's talking. Yeah. And then there's one where you do see the individual who's talking. So um, the interview process from, from shooting, what, what were some of your quick learnings around trying to capture some of that right. and how it translated? to the medium. So the thought going in was that we would do interviews on camera mm -hmm. and that we would also interview people additionally off camera and overlay that over portraits of themselves mm -hmm. or other footage. So that's where the thought going in. So we went in and we did interview people off camera because we did 15, 20 minute interviews with them because it takes a while as a, to do an interview to get somebody comfortable to open up, to find somebody who speaks English, you know, just to figure out, get the person to really get to the meat of the subject. Mm -hmm. So we did those off camera. Mm -hmm. And then we did some on camera and the on camera ones was sort of a bust. Mm. Except for one. Yeah. Most of the on camera ones were bust because we just decided like, all right, let's just have the sound guy. We'd like, let's try the one with the sound guys in it, right? And the interviewers in it mm -hmm. and we'll see them. But it was, they were crowding the subject and you couldn't really see the subject clear and they were confusing because there's no close up, right? So mm -hmm. then we're like, let's just try one where the interviewers it's just one guy with a mic there and that didn't work. So those, were, those didn't really work. Mm -hmm. If I had to redo it again and I was to do an interview with somebody, mm -hmm. I might put the camera a lot closer to them yeah. and have the other person standing maybe behind it mm. and put wireless mics on them because you still want to see, you want to see your subject clean, mm. right? And then we also did portraits of the people and we put the voices over the portraits. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, you saw the earlier versions of that. That was still a little disconnected, right? right? Yeah, I mean, what did it feel because, like to you? Well, often, so just to describe to people, we had shots of people we had interviewed looking at the camera, yep. and then we put their interviews over it, but they weren't talking when they would look at the camera. Very, so, very quickly, you would see the individual, and you'd hear the interview or, or the discussion, and they weren't talking. Right. So you would very quickly look to another place around to your right, to your left, behind you, to try to find the person. Right. Who's, so you're, it's interesting that you say that, put it that way, because you're hitting that. The, the benefit of the medium is the drawback there. Right. In a flat 2D screen, you don't look around because that's all you have to look. You're like, oh, that's that person. But here you're like, it must be somebody I'm not seeing. Right, right. right. I'm like, where is, who, who's talking here? Where is this person? And you start looking around and then kind of lose some of the perspective in the right. kind of flow of the story. Right, which I never would have thought of. And then, you know, there's always a, a lot of reasons why you do things is because there's a practical on-set reason, right? Mm -hmm. So we would That's say- That's always interesting. Yeah, because kind of we were like, oh, we'll do way. portraits of people. Let's do a portrait. So, yeah. all right, so we put the camera in front of them. So what happens on a VR shoot? Now everybody on the crew has to go hide <laughs> and not be in the shot, right? And you would leave and then you'd realize that, you'd say to the guy like, just keep looking forward for like two minutes. Right. 
and then you leave and then they're talking and laughing or they're moving around and they're not in the shot anymore. So I think nine out of the 12 we did were bust because right. the guy was moving around. Yeah. Well, I think that's super interesting. Let's, uh, let's keep rolling. So that was some, some uh, you know, components around um, capturing the footage. Now you've got the footage and we need to put it together into a, a story. So what was that process like for you? Hmm. I wonder if we, that was really intense and that might also be a whole other episode. Because yeah. I really, that's really when I got into like, how do you construct a story with what we have? It's fine to put it into another episode, but let's, let's talk a little bit about it. Let's see if we can get... Because I just, I, I say that not because I don't want to talk about it, it's because I think it'd be, be beneficial for me to, for other VR makers out there to hear my, at least to commiserate. Mm -hmm. But it's... it's or, or at least, then let's talk about how long did it take? Like it what? took four weeks, right? Four so, weeks. Yep. so the problem that, let's just talk about this and then we could talk about the creative side. But yep. the problem mm -hmm. with the post side is there's not many tools for it, right? Right. So, you know, when you edit something on your computer, you could see it immediately. You have to constantly, how do you see it? You got to constantly put it on the how, headset. How much, how much footage was throwaway footage? Like th just this, this is not going to work. You know, what do you mean by like throwaway? Just percentage. totally not going to work? Yeah, for the most part, that wasn't really workable. So the first shoots we started doing back in May or June, yeah. I would say 50% was throwaway stuff. Okay. Right? Right. But what I was happy about was throw away because you just got seasick or the angle wasn't right. Right, right, right. What I was happy here was that I would say 90% of the shots were, not, were keepers. Right. So the efficiency went up. Just through shooting experience, you know, multiple, um, multiple scenarios, you were able to improve your efficiency right. of footage. Right. Where okay. How high the camera is, how low it is, where it's nice. placed. Right. Yep. So, of that, we then went through the selects. So we then we looked at all our footage, mm -hmm. right? And we put stuff, keep, definitely, maybe, no. Mm -hmm. And I would say about a third was no. Okay. And I would say we wound up using maybe about 50, we've probably used about 50% of the maybe shot. 50% of the final shots, if we used 10 shots, five were originally maybes. Mm -hmm. Just because they were, a different thing or like the bread line like if you look in the video there's a in the bread sh in the bread factory itself mm -hmm. I that was one of the, my favorite shots it's one from, of my favorite from, shots from the too selects that we had yep. yeah but when we looked at it in a selects we're like there's no migrants in it mm -hmm. it's so not similar to any other footage we had right. but when we looked at it when you looked at it when i looked at it i was like it, that's why it was great actually because it was a different shot right. and it just it captured it, it really the positioning of the camera and that mini experience really captured it really the, the medium was was used properly yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, and when I started seeing that people were like, that's really cool. Yeah. And I and I in some of the stuff you go by feel too, because I remember being there and being like, this is sort of really cool. We're in like a hardcore like Serbian bakery on the border at like seven o'clock at night and we had to, before that shot even was done, we had to go in and like meet everybody and shake hands and get an intro, like a 20 minute speech about the bakery and then we had bread and then we like finally got to shoot a shot. Yeah. And I was like, it sort of was great because it came across on that shot. Okay. Okay, so, so cool. We have, you spent four weeks with the footage. Yeah, two weeks was just stitching. Two weeks stitching. Yeah, okay. because two weeks was just stitching like the footage together because we'd stitched it roughly and of course, there's and stitching and syncing, yep. right? And then looking at all the selects was two weeks. And then we spent about two weeks, but a full heavy two weeks 
of cutting. Cutting, polish, sound. Pacing. Yeah. Pacing, yeah. big big thing which we could talk about. Pacing, yeah. not now, but maybe next week time. Yeah. Pacing was key of like, because you, you describe how you saw, so Mike saw four or five different versions and yep. some of them described like your immediate reactions like too much whatever, you know. Right, there were, there were parts where you would move from one scene to the next and it just, it didn't have the flow and uh, some of the orientations of where the camera was placed from from one scene to the next, if you're, the camera was, let's say, um, there, was a, there was a handful of shots that over, you would oversee right. a crowd, and the next shot would be kind of low, there was the kid height Yeah, like camera. super tight, yeah. So yeah. initially with some of those cuts, even, even looking at some of the selects to start, yeah. there was a lot of. <laughs> oh, I got seasick looking at the selects, yeah. So yeah, so about four weeks, so, you know, on a bigger budget where we didn't have a deadline, you know, it would probably be another two weeks, I think. Yeah. yeah. But it shouldn't be more than that, because then you just, uh, you know, as we said, discuss making it different, not better. So, so then we, we kind of get towards the end, edits, polish, we're feeling good about it. You, you also decided we're going to need a voice over here. Um, it may have been discussed initially, but we, we, we had the voiceovers come in. Um, yeah, yeah, us, we were hoping that... You know, the goal is to, and I think it's always good to shoot for something like this, to have people there just tell it through interviews. Yeah. Oh, and also, just so people know, we also shot a lot of stuff where the Red Cross people mm -hmm. were being interviewed and talking about what they were doing. Right. And where the Red Cross people were guiding us like a tour guide through the shot. Yeah. And that, and I sort of had the, we sort of had the thought that it might, but we couldn't be sure. That felt, that fell on its face because it was too... A commercial at that point. Mm -hmm. It was like two them dominating this scene. Mm -hmm. You know, and next week or, or no, next week, everything can be next week, but you know, there's a, it just felt wrong, awkward. And that's, yeah. it's a very t difficult, you know, when we were there, like if you, it was weird, you could take pictures with a big camera, mm -hmm. but if you took it with a cell phone, it felt like you were trying to steal something for your Facebook page, you know? Mm. So that's sort of how the red, seeing the Red Cross person there is like, hey, let's go voyeuristically viewing the crisis, mm. you know, and, and look at it through our lens. Like, look how great work we're doing. You know, it was very, so it just had a, it just, for a variety of reasons, it felt wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I think when you, when you look at the footage, it really came out great because it does tell the story. And I think you mentioned this a number of times, you know, outside of the, the production experience to see what, the Red Cross and Doctors Without Borders and the folks that were kind of helping and assisting, it was really moving and important and there was, it's, um, it, it gave you inspiration to tell this story because of, of how important yeah. it is. And you know, and as, as filmmakers, I, it's only happened a couple of times to me where you just like, this is just, this is stuff is so powerful, mm -hmm. like, just don't mess it up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just you. Just don't, just let it be. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it's so, you know, it's one of the few things I've had the, the I don't want to say privilege, but, but I guess the, of shooting that you're just like, this is the content and what's in front of the camera is so amazing. Yeah, I mean, some of those selects that you had where the Red Cross is bringing in crates of food, crates of clothing, you see that and you're like, yeah. I mean, when you see, you know, the, the start of the, of the um, footage, you see how, the migrants need food, clothing, water, and then you see the Red Cross bringing that stuff yep. in. So, yeah, but it's we're powerful. we're approaching a half an hour. I know we wanted to do, I wanted to do seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's. Um, we let's take a couple of, calls. 
We could take some calls. We could take a commercial break. It's a word from our sponsor, but we don't have a sponsor yet. Oh, we uh, didn't do the New York Times thing. Well, I, I think we should let's let's finish this part and then kind of wrap. Yeah. But I think uh, I think it's been good so far. So we are we cutting this out? Are we letting this no, be in the thing? No, we're going to roll. Okay. So <laughs> so the um, the voiceover is done, and we package it up. And then what's the next step? So what, what, what well, was the plan from a distribution standpoint from the Red Cross? Well, they had, a, they had a very smart distribution plan from the start, yeah. which yeah. I thought was very smart. They were going to use it at events mm -hmm. with some Samsung gears. Yep. And they were also going to give it out to people who did fundraising for them. Okay. They'll show on a cardboard. Oh, that's neat. Like, so if they, they said they did a lot of stuff on the street, like just like, hey, give money to the Red Cross. And they were going to show people on the street that stuff. Yep. So I thought it combined the guerrilla tactics with the, you know, uh, you know, captive audience in a, in a way, well, that was very well done. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of things from an innovation standpoint that we've discussed that were super interesting, again, in terms of storytelling that we can, of course, save for another, our next episode. But um, I think one of the most important things today in this, in this space is to get your experience to start getting your hands on equipment um, to do a shoot to you know get allies around the production process so you can really learn and I think we learned a lot and there's a lot that we want to do from an innovation standpoint to yeah. progress this medium we want to help progress this medium um, one that we talked about was just you know at the end of this this um, story we want to help the Red Cross raise funds to to be able to continue their mission and um, you know, when you look at that experience in a Samsung Gear, it's a it's an it's an kind of app store experience. So, how can we hook up the Google Play or Apple iOS kind of in-store payments to a virtual reality experience? And that's super early still, but that's very very possible. Yeah, so yeah. that's something that I would love to see is just hooking yeah. that up to. You know, payment process. Yeah, because it'd be that simple. For, for somebody like that, would want people, once they saw it, to make that donation. Yep. As we showed it to somebody, Magnus showed it to somebody yesterday, right? And they're like, oh, who do I donate to? Right. And that little, for them, that little lag would kill, be great to make up. Yep. Yeah. All right, so I have to say this is, this is um, a successful first podcast. I think so. There wasn't, there's only one time where I had no idea what I was going to say next. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was great. I thought it was very informative. Um, and if folks have any comments on on what they found informative, or if they have questions about some of the, the stuff that we talked about, we'd love to kind of expand on it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we 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 talked a lot about the VR production, but we have a whole team here at Edge of Unity people and trying to how to figure out how to make the VR experience better through Unity too. Yep. So I think that maybe is something we should hit too. Because so if you have any that the audience out there, you know, we're happy. We're going to start talking about some more of that stuff as well. Yeah. The yeah. other the other area that we were exploring a bunch is is the kind of motion graphics and and kind of yeah. post production yeah. process of the titling and transitions and and other yeah other um, media formats that we could bring into the experience. Yeah, I had that down in the in the, for another yeah thing. So. Okay, cool. So let's wrap, and we'll get to this next time. Sure. The New York Times yeah. VR thing. 
That sounds good. All right. So that's a wrap up. Nice work. What's our, what's our sign off? Good night, Canada. <laughs> it's one of my other favorite shows. Oh, but, uh, I, I sing the Canadian national anthem, you know. You can sing? We could sign off with the, with the no, that would just be. Yeah. All right. I guess our sign off is just a whimper. A whimper, <laughs> a whimper it is. All right. All right. See you later. Till next week. Great work. <laughs>